You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. So this morning, I want to talk to Christians. This is a message for Christians. For those that say they are born again. The question that we are asking here, if you are a true believer, if you are born again, if whether you are a Christian or not, Many people today are Christians outwardly, but they're not such in heart. The most important thing is to be a Christian, a believer, in heart. Many pastors today are pastors outwardly. The way that they dress, the way that they walk, the way that they talk. But inwardly, they're not a pastor. Because the Bible says, shepherd the flock of God which is among you. A pastor, a shepherd smells like the sheep most pastors today sheep cannot even come close to them but yet they say i'm a pastor they are pastors outwardly but they're not such in heart if you're such in heart you'll allow the sheep to be come close to you no 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 people cannot come close to me because the anointing will be disturbed Bible says shepherd the flock of god which is among you eagerly willingly so it must be a desire in your heart eagerly to do it, willingly to do it, not for dishonest gain or what you can get out of it. That's what the Bible says. I'm just quoting scripture to you. Nor as being a Lord over them. Everybody's looking at me like, where are you quoting from? Go to 1 Peter 5, please. This is instruction to pastors. This is instruction to pastors. I urge you, my fellow elders, among you, to be compassionate shepherds who tenderly care for God's flock and who feed them well. For you have the responsibility to guide, to protect, and to oversee. Consider it a joyous pleasure and not merely a religious duty. Lead from the heart under God's leadership, not as a way to gain finances dishonestly, but as a way to eagerly and cheerfully serve. Don't be controlling tyrants, but lead others by your beautiful example to the flock. And when the shepherd king appears, you will win the victor's crown of glory. They never fades away. Let's be Christians. Let's be born again. Let's not do it outwardly. But let's make sure that we are such in heart. Family, listen to me. In this world that we are living right now, if you are born from above, I mean if the light of God has entered into your soul and has expelled the darkness, guess what? Darkness is not happy. The minute you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you become the enemy of the enemy. Before that, you were not. Turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew 16. I'm going to be reading from the Passion Translation. I started sharing this on Thursday night with the men at Men's Prayer. Turn to the person next to you and say, The Word of God is like a sword. It can cut you. 
and sometimes it's painful. It is the one instrument that is so sharp that it can divide your soul and spirit. Why is this important, family? Listen to me. In the days to come, people will more and more start to tell you that there's not a spirit part, that you're only a body with a soul so that you don't need God. But God is a spirit, and we worship God in spirit and in truth. So they'll tell you your soul and your spirit is the same thing. It's not the same thing. Your soul is your will, your intellect, your emotions. Your spirit is your heart. It's that part that's connected to God. It's the part where God looks into. In our hearts, we are all made to be like God. That's why God values that most. Matthew 16 verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If you truly want to follow me, not follow me for selfish reasons, not follow me for materialistic reasons, not follow me for what you can gain or what you can get. If you truly want to follow me just because I am God, then Jesus said to his disciples, If you truly want to follow me, you should at once completely reject and disown your own life. And you must be willing to share my cross and experience it as your own, as you continually surrender to my ways. For if you choose self-sacrifice and lose your lives for my glory, you will continually discover true life. But if you choose to keep your lives for yourselves, you will forfeit what you try to keep. For even if you were to gain all the wealth and power of this world with everything it could offer you at the cost of your own life, what good would that be? And what could be more valuable to you than your own soul? Family, listen to me. Everything God does in your life is for the salvation of your soul. Everything is for the salvation of your soul. What does that mean? It's for you to serve Him better. That's why God says obedience is better than sacrifice. But once you become obedient to the will of God, oftentimes you'll have to make some sacrifices. What did God say to Abraham? He says, leave your family. Get away from the country, the place where you are right now. Why? Because he knew they were influencing him. They were busy with all kinds of pagan things. God said, move away. Sometimes we have family in our lives. That is affecting us in the wrong way. When the Bible says self-sacrifice, it means it's going to cost you something. Sacrifice. It's not Peter or Paul speaking here. It's Jesus saying, this is what I require of you. If you say you truly want to follow me, this is what I require. Many people today want to follow Jesus for materialistic reasons. Just start to serve Jesus, you're going to be blessed. Just serve Jesus, he'll promote you. And people start to serve Jesus for materialistic reasons, for selfish gain. Does God want to bless you? Yes. He wants to help you. But the question you have to answer, if God does not do those things, will you still serve him? Or are you serving him for those things? 
That's why Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. But what we are teaching today is all the add-ons, all the blessings. And we tell people, if you have all the add-ons, huh, you must be seeking the kingdom of God. No, not necessarily. Because a man can be poor and yet be a friend of God. A man can have sickness in his body and be made for heaven. But because we view everything with our natural eyes, with our senses, we look through our senses to discern if somebody is spiritual or not spiritual. Whereas Jesus say, if you want to serve me, there's self-sacrifice involved. Self-sacrifice talks about a place of laying down your life. It's not comfort. If you want to live a life that pleases God, it involves self-sacrifice. Paul battled with this the whole time. He says, I want to do the right thing. He says, but as soon as I try and do the right thing, I do the wrong thing. Am I talking to the right people here this morning? I think if it happened to Apostle Paul, maybe we've experienced a little bit of that as well. Amen? He says, I want to do the right thing, but I find myself doing the wrong thing. He says, I found the solution. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. But the life that I now live, I live through the Spirit. How many of us are being led by the Spirit? Because the Bible says, the sons of God are led by the Spirit. But most of us today are led by our senses. What we see, what we hear, what we feel. Walk into church, oh, that brother didn't greet me. The pastor didn't greet me. Hmm, loving God, loving people, how can they say that? You're led by your senses. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm a believer. Tell them I'm born again. Why would a person like Paul say there's a thorn being placed in my flesh? A thing that's causing me discomfort. He says, but this very thing is keeping me humble. And it's that humility that draws God's presence. He says, I prayed and I asked, I begged God, remove this thorn. And the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you. You know, that very thing in your life that you say, Lord, remove it, is the very thing that God has used to keep you humble, has used that thing to keep you close to God, to pray more. So that thing actually is not your enemy. You should say, thank you, Jesus. That's why the disciples say, count it all joy when you go through various trials. We glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Glory in tribulation? Because they knew God is in control of their lives. Family, you're a three-part being. Body, soul, and spirit. Once you become born again, your spirit is justified. Just as if you've never sinned. 1 Corinthians 6, 17 says, He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with Him. It's this part that's perfect and holy. It's this part that's linked up with God. You still have a soul. That's why the Bible says, renew your mind. 
renew your mind. Justified, your soul needs to get sanctified because you used to think like the devil. You used to be a sinner. When somebody made you angry, you say, what? You're talking to me? Say that again. Say that again. That was your old nature. But now that you are born again, somebody wants to hit you. He said, brother, really? Put it this side as well. The Bible says, yes, one, this, but after that, the Bible doesn't say anything, pastor. After that, I'm going to sort him out. <laughs> Is that the mind of Christ? We're not here to fight with people, amen? People are not your enemy. Your boss is not your enemy. Your wife is not your enemy. Your real enemy is sin. Sin is your real enemy. And Christ came to deal with sin. What is the cost to truly be committed to Christ? Turn to Luke 14 verse 26. Family, many people start serving Jesus and the gospel is preached. Just come and be healed and be delivered. Many of us think if I can just get my healing, it will be the end. If I can just get my breakthrough, it will be the end. If I can just get a husband or a wife, it will be the end. It's not the end. It's a means to an end. The end is a lasting relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Healing is for the salvation of your soul. Deliverance is for the salvation of your soul. Blessing is for the salvation of your soul. So that you can serve him better. That means you'll need God even more after you've received your blessing. Luke 14 verse 26. When you follow me as my disciple, you must put aside your father, your mother, your wife, your sister, your brothers. Yes, you will even seem as though you hate your own life. This is the price you'll pay to be considered one of my followers. And anyone who comes to me must be willing to share my cross and experience it as his own. Or he cannot be considered to be a disciple. So don't follow me without considering what it will cost you. For who would construct a house before first sitting down to estimate the cost to complete it? All that God is saying here. Love me more than anything. He's not saying, don't love your wife. Don't love your job. Don't love your mother and your father. He says, love me more. Even what you want for yourself. Maybe your business, your career, what you're pursuing. says you can love it. But love me more. And that's the challenge that comes to every Christian. It almost seems like if you're not pre prepared to be crucified and be joined to Christ's suffering, you cannot be a true disciple. Most people in their lives, if they have an area of their lives that's dead, you need life. And we've heard the teachings. Ezekiel, can these dead bones live? Just speak to them. And we're speaking, 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 but nothing changes in our lives. Because you've been taught, just speak to it. Just claim it. Just say it. Life and death is in our mouths. What we say and declare. And that's true. You have to. But family, listen to me. We're not here just to see his works. But we are here to learn his ways. If you want resurrection power in your life, it's very easy. The same measure 
that you experience the sufferings and the death of the Lord Jesus Christ is the same level that you will experience resurrection power in your life. So we want resurrection power. Have you been crucified with Christ? No, no, no. We're not talking pain yet today. We're talking blessing, pastor. Family, there is no true blessing. There's no true resurrection. There's no shedding of the blood, no healing, no deliverance, unless Jesus dies upon the cross. How does salvation work? You confess with your mouth and you believe with your heart that Jesus Christ died and that he's been made alive. Because there are two laws working against us. The law of sin and the law of death. The law of sin gets dealt with through Christ dying on the cross. The law of death gets dealt with through his resurrection. So many people accept the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they say, I'm saved. And they accept what Christ has done. But to experience true resurrection power, you have your part to play. It's not just all up to God. Let me read it to you. Go to Philippians 3 verse 10. Total commitment is what God requires. We often hear, if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. Philippians 3 verse 10. And I continually long to know the wonders of Jesus more fully and to experience the overflowing power of his resurrection working in me. I will be one with him in sufferings and I will be one with him in his death. Only then will I be able to experience complete oneness with him in his resurrection from the realm of death. The question you have to ask yourself, who's really being resurrected? Who's really born again? People confess with their mouths salvation, but with your heart you believe unto righteousness. How many people really believe that they are righteous? He who knew no sin became sin so that we can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Does God want to bless you? Yes. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but God has come to give us life and life in abundance. But as soon as that life comes into your life and God starts blessing you, people will start saying many things. Even when the blessing comes into your life, you know God can put you to the test to see if you love him more than your blessing. Whether you love him more than your promise. Do you love him more than your legacy? Do you love him more than your reputation? Remember, Abraham trusted God for a promise. And when the promise manifested, what did God say to him? Abraham, I want you to take your son, your only son, whom you love, and I want you to sacrifice him. What was he doing? God was testing him to see if he loves him more than the promise, than the breakthrough, than the deliverance. Turn with me quickly to Genesis 22. You don't have to say amen, you can say aina. Remember I said I'm preaching to Christians. So Christians, when they listen very attentive, they don't say amen, they say aina. 
Genesis 22 verse 2. Now, I want you to remember in these days of Abraham, it was the custom to sacrifice your children. It was not an uncommon thing to sacrifice your child to your God. Can you imagine? Hmm? Can you imagine what's going on in a person's heart to do that? So God speaks to him and he says, Abraham, remember this is now after trusting God for the breakthrough, 25 years standing in faith for the promise. And now he has his breakthrough. He's enjoying the breakthrough, probably for 16, 17 years. And God says, okay, I'm putting you to the test now. Then he said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, offer him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. And you know the whole story, what happened. Look at Genesis 22, 16. And said, God is blessing him now. He's been obedient. God is blessing him. By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. Blessing, I will bless you. And multiply, I will multiply you. Your descendants as the stars of the heaven and the sands which is on the seashore and your descendants shall possess the gate of the enemies. Can you see the difference what, did, what, what part did God leave out in verse 16? Can you see what he left? In verse 22, he says, Take now your son, your only son, whom you love. In verse 22, he says, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, God left out the part whom you love. Why? Because God now knew that Abraham loved him more than Isaac. Isn't this what the Lord said to Peter? Peter, do you love me? The requirement for ministering, the requirement for living successful in this world, do you love me more than all these things? Lord, you know. God is the one who looks at your heart and knows exactly. Family, listen to me. We are not of this world. We are not of this world. God wants to bless you. Abraham gave up his son. That sounds like Jesus that says, Peter, that, remember Peter said to Jesus, we have given up, Lord. Homes and houses and families and friends. And the Lord said, well, well done, Peter, because you've done that. You'll get it back in this lifetime a hundredfold family and houses and possessions and with it persecutions let me read it to you because i can see you're not believing me mark 10 verse 28 then peter spoke up and said can't you see that we've left everything we had to cling to you listen to my words jesus said everyone who leaves his home behind everyone who says i'm loving god more than any of these things and chooses me over children parents family and possessions all for the sake of the gospel, it will come back to him a hundred times as much in this lifetime. Homes, family, mothers, brothers, sisters, children, possessions, along with persecutions. And in the age to come, he will inherit eternal life. This is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not just God's going to bless you and all your problems are over. No, even when God blesses you, 
you'll need him more. That's what he is saying. He says, when the blessings come, persecutions will come. Because those people now will say, oh, I wonder how did he do this? And you know it's God that's blessing you. But they will start to say, oh, he's probably a gangster. That's what he did. How This is how he did his deal. He's a gangster. Or he's doing this or he's doing that. And there'll be name calling, whereas you know God is blessing you. And in that time when they act in unrighteousness towards you, you'll need God even more because you have to respond in righteousness even though they are responding in unrighteousness. Because the seeds that they are planting are unrighteous seeds. But you, even though they are blackmailing you, slandering you, name-calling, you have to continue to plant righteous seeds. Because you are walking with God. You are seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Jesus says, don't think it's funny when this is going to happen. They did it to me. So if they did it to me, guess what? They're going to do it to you. Don't take it personal. Don't take it personal. What people hate in this world is the Jesus on the inside of you. Unless they are feeling comfortable with you, then you should ask yourself why. That's why Christians, listen to me, young people, listen to me. The friends of this world, the Bible says bad company corrupts good morals. They'd want to take you to places Christians are not supposed to go. If you say you're a Christian but you feel so comfortable, you should ask yourself, am I really born again? Because what has light got to do with darkness? I'm not saying be removed out of this world. Jesus didn't say that. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. Amen? The light that's on the inside of you, when it shines, it does not bring guilt and condemnation. That's not Jesus' light. Very quiet now. Now, the pastor told me you're going to hate me at work, so I'm just coming out to sort you out. You're funny with me because there's darkness in you, and I'm light. What kind of light is that on the inside of you that behaves like that? If that light on the inside of you is actually darkness, how dark is that darkness? That's what Jesus said. Unless the Holy Spirit helps you and you are born of the Spirit, you'll be doing everything from here, living a convinced life as a Christian, but you're not truly converted. I say, Lord, thank you for saving me. Thank you that I can be born again. And even just being born again is the grace of God. And since that time, people that you thought were your friends, that thought like you, think like you, talk like you, they disappear in the mist. Or when you're with them, they judge you and condemn you. They persecute you. The moment you genuinely accept the Lord Jesus Christ, the world will start hating you. Why? Because they hated Jesus. Remember what Jesus said to Paul on the way to Damascus. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Lord, I'm not persecuting you. I'm giving you my own words. I'm killing these bad Christians. He says, no, you're not busy killing the bad Christians. You're busy persecuting me. Why? Because Jesus was on the inside. 
of every one of those Christians. How do you think Jesus said, as you've done the least to one of these, you've done it to me. You visited my children, my born again in the prison and you helped them. Yeah, you helped this person that was born again. Yeah, you helped this person that was born again. And Jesus said, you were not helping them. You were busy helping me. Don't take it personal. John 15 verse 18. Just remember, when the unbelieving world hates you, they first hated me. If you were to give your allegiance to the world, they would love you and welcome you as one of their own. If you say you're a Christian, you just behave like them. The world's going to love you. This is the problem we have in the church. People want to be rich. They want to be famous. They want to be popular. They want to have a lot of money. Want to drive a big car, live in a big house. And now they get born again. Now they want to be rich. They want to be famous. They want to be popular. They want to drive a big car, have a big house in Jesus' name. What's changed? You still have the same things in your heart going on. Amen. I'm not saying it's wrong to be blessed. Amen. God wants to bless you. We've read it in the Bible. I'm just saying, if these are all the things you wanted to do when you were not a Christian, and now you're a Christian, and you're still led by the same things, there's something wrong. Because now you should be blessed to be a blessing. You are saved to save others. Otherwise, nothing has changed in your life. Amen? That blessing in your hand now is for the salvation not only of your soul, but other people. Amen? If you are born again, you're not just born again for you to go to heaven. But because you won't align yourself with the values of the world, they will hate you. I have chosen you and taken you out of the world to be mine. So remember what I taught you, that a servant isn't superior to his master. And since they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. And if they obey my teachings, they will also obey yours. They will treat you this way because you are mine. And they don't know the one who sent me. You know, if you go to the heading of this um, John 15 verse 18 in the Passion Translation, the heading says, true disciples can expect persecutions. So you should ask yourself, are you a true disciple? Because if you're a true disciple, you should experience some persecutions. Now it's very quiet. Now I just want to hear about the blessings. That's not a true gospel. That's not a real gospel. We are saved and God deals with our sins, but we still have to live on this earth. Just because you're born again, just because you're born again, has nobody ever tried to cheat you? No, they have. As a matter of fact, when you're a Christian, they think, oh, this is actually a gullible one. He's going to believe everything I tell him. I must just make sure I say in Jesus' name. Some of you are married to the wrong person because they came to you and they said, God spoke to me and said, you are the one. It was not just a dream that I had, but an angel came to me as well, spoke to me. And this angel looked like Jesus. Even this, this picture that you've got against your wall that looks like Jesus, that's the Jesus that told me I must marry you. And you believe them. Guess what? You have a relationship with Jesus yourself. God will speak to you as well and give that confirmation. Don't be so gullible. Amen? The question you have to ask yourself, am I one of them?
There's two questions we answer here that we have to know is that this world is under the control of Satan. This world is not our home. Our home is heaven. The second question is, if God has then died for me, why am I experiencing sufferings? It's very easy. If they hated Jesus, they're going to hate you. Why do you think Jesus said when you pray, ask that heaven would manifest here on earth? Why is that? Because the atmosphere here on earth is not one of heaven. But you as an agent of the Lord Jesus Christ should walk with the atmosphere of heaven in your heart, in your mind, and in your speech. But what happens? Somebody upsets us, we get offended. And what manifests? Hell. Jesus said it's very easy. He says two kinds of water, bitter water and sweet water, should not come from the same fountain. Because if you say you linked up with sweet water, what should flow out is sweet water. But what happens is we take a bucket that's full of sewage and we throw it out. And then we throw spring water in and we come and we say, look, it's clear spring water. You saw me filling the bucket with the spring water. But we know what is in the bucket before you put in the water. Bible says this ought not to be. Who's going to drink from that water? Nobody. What is it going to taste like? Is this not the problem in the church today? That many of, our, many of the spring water has been contaminated with sewage of this world. And people have been drinking it so long that they're used to it now. And God says, no. I'm coming back for a bride that is holy, that is pure. If you think, if you're born again, it's only blessing and only good times. The first time you hit an obstacle, you're going to blaspheme against God. And you're going to say, God is not faithful. And this is the problem that we have in the church today. Because we tell you, just serve Jesus and you're going to be blessed. Just accept him and your problems are going to be gone. And now you start praying and asking God for a breakthrough. And you know when you prayed, God showed you he's dealt with that thing. But when you go to work, there's still people saying things and doing things. And now you start to look at your situation with natural eyes and you start to blaspheme or you start to doubt. Whereas when you prayed, God dealt with that thing and the root was dealt with. Pah! Disconnecting you from your past and from your sin and your failure. Been disconnected, but the fruit are still here. But because you live a life with senses, what you see, you know, say, prayer doesn't work. God didn't answer my prayer. God cannot change these people. And your own words strengthen that thing. Whereas God dealt with the root, you're just supposed to wait for it to die. Let me show you all examples in the Bible. Joseph, God gives him a dream. You're going to be a ruler. Your family will bow down to you. What happens after that? He's in the pit. But in the pit, he said, I don't belong here. I know where I belong. Does that look like persecutions? Peter, when he was facing his greatest challenge, the Lord said to him, Peter, the devil wanted to take you out. I've been praying for you. Did Jesus say, I'm praying for you, that this thing will pass you by, that this thing will vanish? Oh, Peter, I've rebuked the storm. It's going to be still. You can just walk through it. No. He said, Peter, I've prayed for you that your faith will not fail. 
that when you go through this, you'll continue to believe that I'm God. Because we ought to say in the good times, Jesus is Lord, and in the hard times, Jesus is Lord. We need to bless God in all situations because we know he holds our future. The greatest mistake that we make as Christians today, we're not led by the Holy Spirit anymore. We're led by our own desires, our own feelings, our own plans. Instead of saying, Lord, what is it that you want? It's the sin of presumption. The sin of presumption, thinking I can just do it. Because you're comparing yourself to the person next to you, saying, I'm stronger than him, I'm fitter than him, I'm more smart than him. What he's doing, I should be able to do it much better. The difference is you don't have the grace that that person has got. And when you're a believer, God promotes us through grace. Every advancement in your life is because of grace. Am I helping some of you here? When you're a Christian, make sure you are led by the Holy Spirit. Hear what is God saying to you about the situation. That God can lead us by His Holy Spirit. Say, Lord, if it's your will. How many people are still praying and say, Lord, if it's your will? Remember, Jesus prayed. The Father heard Him. Jesus prayed and asked the Lord, can this cup pass me by? He says, but not my will, your will, Lord. As Christians, we should get to a place again and say, Lord, your will. Not what I will. Not my will. Your will. But we've got a teaching. What you want, just claim it, frame it, say it, bind it, it's yours. All these prayers that we pray, God looks at our heart. What was God testing with Abraham? He was testing his faith. But what kind of faith? Authentic faith works through love. That's why in that same section where the Bible says, if you want to say it, claim it. When you pray, believe that you receive and you'll have it. Your mountain will be moved. What does the next scripture say? It says, and as you pray, when you know you have something against your brother, go make right. God clearly links faith and forgiveness with each other. It means love. This is the authentic, real faith that works through love. Abraham, our father of faith, his faith worked through love when he showed God, I love you more than the promise. I love you more than my legacy. I love you more than my son that you gave me, my reputation. I'm putting you first. I'm closing. James 4 verse 14, just turn there quickly. Family, if we say that we are servants, if we say we are servants, a servant does not tell his master what to do, but a servant listens to the instruction of his master. Whether you're a pastor or a bishop or a deacon or whatever, it needs to be under the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Just think quickly. Jesus said to his disciples, wait in Jerusalem until you've received power. Then go and minister. In the ministry that you are doing, ask yourself, have I been empowered by God or am I doing it on my own strength? When you've been empowered, when there's a prompting, there'll be a leading by the Holy Spirit. Then you'll not make your own plans, but you say, Lord, your will. This scripture you can underline in your Bibles. That prompting, that, that suggestion must come from the Holy Spirit. 
even business deals, even business deals, a prompting of the Holy Spirit, God just dropping something in your heart and you know this is of God. Many of you have been running this way, that way, going there, going there, going there. Instead, you should just get quiet and hear, God, what is it that I should do? But every connection that you've got, every person you've been introduced to, you want to do a deal with them. And it's eating up all your time so that you don't have the time that you should have to do what you're supposed to do. Because you're led by your senses, connections. Go get that peace on the inside of your heart again and hear, God, what is it that I'm supposed to do? James 4 verse 14. But you don't have a clue what tomorrow may bring. For your fleeting life is but a warm breath of air that is visible in the cold and only for a moment and then vanishes. Instead, you should say, our tomorrows are in the Lord's hands. And if he is willing, we will live life to the fullest and do this or that. But yet you are boasting in your ignorance for to be presumptuous about what you will do tomorrow is evil. Tomorrow I'll go there, start this business, do this, do that, do that, make a lot of money. It says to be presumptuous is evil. Get God's opinion and be led by the Holy Spirit. For to be presumptuous about what you'll do tomorrow is evil. So if you know of an opportunity to do the right thing today, yet you refrain from doing it, you're guilty of sin. Not these other sins of killing, stealing, and destroying. He says, you as a Christian that are led by the Holy Spirit, if God prompts you to do something good and you can do it now and you don't do it, it's sin. Why? Because God's looking at your heart. And nobody will know, but you and God will know. And that's the most important thing. Because each person has got their own way before God. Remember, it was Moses facing challenges. The Egyptians coming from behind, the mountains pushing them from the side and the sea in front. When God said to him, stop crying out to me, Moses. Tell the people they must be still. The Egyptians you see today, you'll no longer see them. Go and read that whole portion. Moses never cried out to God. Go and read that portion. Moses never cried out to God. What does that mean? It means it's a cry from his heart that God saw. Moses was a communicator between the visible and the invisible. From his heart, he was crying out, God, help us. What are we? Quiet, Moses. I've heard your heart's cry because I look at your heart. The Bible says there's no man that was meeker than him. When you're born again, you become a communicator between the visible and the invisible. Because you are linked up with God. You have the Holy Spirit as a friend now who disposes of giants. When you are going, you are led by the Holy Spirit. When you want to go to this one meeting, the Holy Spirit will say, you cannot go in there. Jesus will not feel welcome there. The conversations there is not the right one. Get away here. Go away. Teach your children from a young age. To listen to that prompting of the Holy Spirit. When they then go to places they shouldn't go, the Holy Spirit will prompt them and say. But if you don't listen to that prompting, it becomes less and less and less. And you're led more and more by your senses, what you see, what you hear, what you feel. 
When you're a son of God, you are led by the Holy Spirit. Then God will give you wisdom and understanding and discernment and everything. Then your enemies will even come and make peace with you. They'll see something different in you. Then in the marketplace, they won't say, oh, yes, I'm not employing any Christians because they're lazy. They sit in the toilet praying the whole time and reading through their Bible. Then they'll say, no, no, no. This one is truly a son of God. He's got wisdom. He's got knowledge. I have to use him. So if you're truly a Christian, the Holy Spirit will prompt you. If you're a doctor, you don't have to diagnose just with the knowledge that you have here. But you have the Spirit of God that will say, do this test. Check here quickly. Do that. If you're a businessman and you have the Holy Spirit now and you're sitting in that meeting there, just praying in the Holy Spirit, being aware, Lord, what's going on? God will reveal the hearts to you and say, watch out for this guy. You cannot do a deal with this guy. But these and these people, you can work with them. They will help you. Now it's not just, hey, it's my connection. Let's do it. Joseph had light. And God used him there to shine. The world will hate you and persecute you, but it's just because they want to be connected to you to pull you down to their level. Stand strong in what God has called you to do. Be faithful and committed to this calling. Light expels darkness. In the end, we win. Remain in faith at all times and make sure you plant righteous seeds as you walk in an unrighteous world. Don't start behaving like the world. You're not from this world. You're from another place. You are seated in heavenly places. When it becomes too much, do what Paul did. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. And that self-sacrifice comes in. And you say, now I'm making a decision to plant a righteous seed. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes it's tough. But make a decision to be different. 2018 is the year with a difference. Siela. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.